Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Elm City Lit Fest podcast, our first podcast of 2021. I am Ife Michelle Gardine, creator and founder of Elm City Lit Fest. Elm City Lit Fest is a celebration of literature, literary arts, and literary artists of the African diaspora. Tonight, I'm here with my one of my co-creators, Sean McAllister. Our other co-creator, Emily Mayo, is in the background helping us with our um, get the word out. And Shah's going to introduce our guest this evening. Yes. So today we are starting off our first episode, Faith-Based. We are trying to get our energies together, our chakras aligned, and get in tune with the divine. So we have the wonderful Joshua DeSosa with us today. One of my good friends, Joshua DeSosa is from Orange, New Jersey. He is a ghostwriter, preacher, and newly published author. He is he is the owner of a writing ministry and business called Sosa Scribal Solutions, where many have benefited from his visionary skill set as a ghostwriter, writing coach, and the founder of the Supernatural Scribes Writing Conference. Joshua's newly released book and devotional Dewdrops of Destiny is available on Amazon in both paperback and Kindle. His first ever Christian black superhero novel entitled The Cairo's Night was released recently this past December. Josh, thank you so much for coming. Welcome, Josh. Thank you for having me. Thank you guys for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We're so excited to have you because you know uh dew drops of destiny baby is is something we all need like i love this line you have in the back that says we pull the blueprint of destiny from our dreams and make them reality by seeking the one who gives us power to pursue our purpose and in these yeah these disenfranchised times and in, in these um discouraging times of COVID-19 making everybody sick or, you know, just in separating us and in times that we're feeling alone and separated, in addition to the chaotic times of the, the, the chaotic atmosphere, the political atmosphere, we need these kinds of books. <laughs> All right. So Josh, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get into writing? How did you get into ministry? Um, well, for me, writing and ministry are literally synonymous because I have been preaching since I was 14 years old, since 2011. So this year actually marks 10 years that I have been preaching. I have uh, I had to learn how to write sermons by myself i had to literally pray and fast and all that to learn how to write sermons and of course i know i didn't know what i was doing but everything i did people were extremely encouraged and blessed by it so honestly i've been doing that ever since and writing sermons by myself through prayer and seeking the lord that's how i started writing whole full-blown books you know what years later writing you know i knew i was always going to be an author for a long time but it wasn't until I went through a lot of like situations life, you know, when a lot of crazy stuff happened to me, you know, and life and family and church, 
all of that, that's when the inspiration started like really like getting strong, you know, and growing inside of me. And then this past year, people don't even know, it's like I said, if you guys heard in the, when they read my introduction about my writing conference, I didn't even have any book out when I did my writing conference. I hosted a whole writing conference and I didn't even have my own book out yet. But it was me stepping out on faith and trusting God to host that writing conference that I gained the income I needed to work with one of my closest friends. And I'm going to put her name out there. Her name is Char Phelps, who was my publisher, who published both my books. I was I gained enough income to finally work with her because people don't understand writing is such a breakthrough for me because I have not had a job in four or five years. It was not until I wrote this book and started ghostwriting and helping other people write their books that I finally started making some steady income so that I could take care of myself and be a help to my family and things like that. So this has been such a beautiful, beautiful journey. And I'm just so excited with how it's been going. I mean, as of last time I checked, Drops has sold in its first few months. It has sold at least one close to 150 copies, which I said is very good for me, especially starting off as an author. So it was amazing to be able to create this, to share the lessons I learned, the wisdom I gained. And I'm getting, getting so many powerful like testimonies about people saying it has helped them with their lives, their emotions, things that they were going through for a long time, and it gave them answers that they needed. So yeah, I'm just really grateful that it's helping the people that's reading it. So I just continue to look forward to the impact that it's going to have. And it's incredible to hear that story because we've been friends since high, high school, very circa 2011. And I remember even back then you spoke about your writing. You, you always said, you don't know how you were gonna do it, but you knew that this was your passion and that your ministry would touch lives. And it's amazing to see how God has made that happen in something tangible. Yes, you get to preach and you still get invited, you know, to do sermons and to be a guest speaker at churches. But the way God has provided this avenue for you to minister through books, I think is absolutely phenomenal. So what in, when you wrote this book, what did you want folks to get out of it? What inspired you? I wanted people to, I wanted them to understand that whether they were young or whether they are old, it is not too late to walk into the divine purpose that the Lord has set aside for you. Because, you know, life is hard. We end up, we end up in a lot of places that we should have never ended up in. We end up in a lot of situations we should have never up in, ended up in. We end up in a lot of, with a lot of people that sometimes we shouldn't have been with. But, you know, even in spite of all of that, it's not too late to walk into the purpose or, like I said, the blueprint that God has set aside for you. And it's never too late. It's really something that you can jump into and still start over, start fresh, start new. And because for me, it was personal, like I said, because for me, I faced a lot of opposition in, in, the, in ministry and in the church world growing up so i thought I, I just limited myself to preaching behind a pulpit or a microphone but god was telling me i want you to write books you're gonna preach through writing don't wait for a man or woman to notice you or recognize you or give you what you're looking for but 
write, you know, write everything that I'm telling you to write, write everything that you always wanted to preach or you always wanted to teach. And of course I just did that. I was obedient and just started doing that. And I kept doing that until I had enough material for a whole book because writing a whole almost 200 page book sounded <clears throat> intimidating, but writing a bunch of smaller entries about a variety of different topics and subjects I didn't realize just how much easier that would be for a first book. And of course, now that's the book that you guys are holding in your hand now. So I want to, um, the, the title of the book destiny, because the, the first sentence of the book in, in, um, the first chapter, um, destiny defined the introductions and you have, destiny decisions, destiny DNA, destiny dreams. And the first sentence says, destiny is not entirely a destination that is made for you, but is more so of a decision that you must choose to embrace. Like that is so profound in it. So how did you come about the title and, and thinking of, of destiny? I, if you like the, like, how the cover is, you know, when you see like the little like blades of grass with water on it, every little word and paragraph and devotional entry and sermon and statement and prayer in that book, they all have one goal. They're different topics, but they all have one goal. They are literally supposed to water you and refresh you as if you were a plant, as if you were a seed in the, in the ground, as if you were a tree that needed water, that needed refreshing so that you can grow, so that you can bear fruit. So that's why I said these things should water the fruit. These things should water you so that you can fulfill your destiny and bear the fruit that God wants you to bear, you know, produce the things that God wants you to produce because of the fact that, of course, we get dehydrated. We get dehydrated from, like I said, we get dehydrated from negative situations, negative people. We get dehydrated from doubt, honestly. I feel like doubt is a, one of the biggest enemies of a lot of people's destiny, where we get dehydrated by doubt. If we doubt long enough, it sucks, so it's dry. We're like, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to do what I think I want to do or what I feel it's my purpose because I don't know if it's going to work out. I don't know who's going to support me. I don't know how many people are going to support me and all of that. So it's just amazing to see how, you know, this is just refreshing a lot of people. And because it's refreshing and even revitalizing, one thing I'm big about is revitalizing and even resurrecting childhood dreams or dreams that we thought were too big or people told us you're dreaming too big be realistic be practical you know and of course as i heard that millions of times you know when people thought i was crazy when i was applying for work every day and my family didn't believe me when i told them i kept getting turned down for the simplest stuff couldn't even get a simple job to work at a supermarket or a, or a coffee shop but it wasn't until I started writing that I finally made income and everybody finally respected what I was doing. You know, my family respected what I was doing when they saw I started making income from writing while also helping other people write. But if I kept 
wasting time applying to all these hundreds of thousands of jobs trying to please them knowing i wasn't going to gain anything but if i did that instead of writing i'd probably still be in that situation so i'm glad that i started writing and making time to write for myself which opened the door for me to start writing for other people and i love it because i get first dibs on all their testimonies, their insights, their wisdom. So it's awesome being like a first recipient of all of that. And I said, it's so fulfilling because I'm doing both of my purposes simultaneously, I said of ministry and writing, and it feels that I'm not just doing it for myself, but doing it for others. I said, when I felt that was my destiny, it gave me such a new sense of purpose because cause, uh, Sean knows this, you know, I went through so many seasons where I was discouraged because I wasn't getting opportunities to preach because I went through a season of, I went through a season of basically, long story short, I went through a season where people were told not to let me come to their churches at all, where I was like literally turned down and, and you know, people walked to, because of a decision I made, it wasn't a bad decision, it was a decision to stand up for something I believed in that was completely scriptural, but a lot of people didn't agree with it. So of course that caused them to turn away from me and I was getting discouraged. So that's when I felt, I said, no, I'm still going to find a way. I'm going to find a way to do what I know I'm called to do. I'm not going to wait for people to call me to start writing these things because somebody needs this now. It may not be through a microphone. It may not be through a pulpit, but it will definitely be through a book. Oh my God, that is such a blessing and inspiration, and it 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 comes to makes me come to mind of of the creation of the Elm City Lit Fest. Um, we are based in New Haven, Connecticut. Connecticut is a very sterile and segregated state. Um, people may want to think that it's not, but it really is. And um, I, 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 um, I came up with the idea of creating, because I love Black literature. I love African-American literature of the diaspora. I wanted to support and promote uh, artists, literary artists of the African diaspora and expose our literature and get our people to do more reading and support each other. And, and I was blessed enough to, to have meet Charmaine and meet Emily and they jumped on board with it and we have been very enthusiastic. And here we are with the podcast. We have a successful celebration in September. We'll have another one coming in September and as well as many other things. Um, and, and everything starts with an idea uh, and, and your book, uh, right. It speaks to um, so, so many doubts that people may have. Like sometimes we don't go with our gut and we have to consider when people are telling us, like you said, you were having a season where you couldn't get a job. You weren't supposed to. Mm -hmm. That None of those things were for you. What was for you was what you felt in your gut. And we also have to consider the source of the people that are telling us. Sometimes somebody is, is stuck in a place. So when they see someone or they hear about somebody and child will tell you, I say this all the time, consider the source when somebody's telling you don't do it <laughs> or don't go for it. 
<laughs> Look at their life. <laughs> and it's only about fear. What was gonna say, Sha? I was gonna say it's a, it's a good it's good that you bring that up. That even in the church, you faced opposition. And as Ms. Ife tells the Lit Fest story, I think it's good for folks to understand that opposition will come no matter what you're doing. You could be doing the Lord's work as what you're doing, and there will still be people trying to sabotage or may try to downplay your dream, but you still have to persevere because what's for you is for you. And it's good to know, and I think for folks out there to know that you might be getting a bunch of no's, but that may not be by mistake. You could be getting saved from something that's not for you. Your time could be wasted if you get it. Imagine if you would have got a job at ShopRite or wherever the case may have been, that would have taken away from you writing or you getting prepared to write or being available for someone to hire you as a ghostwriter to do that. Yeah, that sometimes the, the other things yeah. are, are take up our space. So Josh, is there... How long did it take you to to pull this together, and and what was your process, honey? Um, July twenty nineteen, I start July twenty nineteen. I it was so amazing. July twenty nineteen, actually June twenty nineteen, I attended, uh, and I loved how specific it was. I attended a, a black Christian writing conference. That was held at Drew University in Madison, and it was so beautiful and so powerful to see so many Black, aspiring Black Christian authors and all the type of different content that they wanted to produce. And I kid you not, it's like after that conference, it was like it finally gave me the focus I needed. It's like, okay, look, I've been saying I was going to write for years. Now it's time. But before I started writing books, I said, let me start small. Let me do blogs. Let me do what I call, like I said, the devotional entries, like those little paragraphs on each of the pages. And I did that every month. I would do like 10 every month and I offered them for free. I was like, hey, who wants a free 10-day devotional? Because I had a plan. I said, if people like the small, these small entries, when I eventually do have a book, they're going to want to get it. So I did these small devotional entries every month, and I just kept doing that month after month after month from 2019 to 2020. And like I said, by the time I did my writing conference and I got enough money from the writing conference, and then uh, that was a whole possibility, like I said, I wouldn't even thought of me doing writing conference if I also, if I was working, that would have not crossed my mind because I had nothing but time to create something like that. And then, of course, once I did the writing conference and people paid me and after they paid me the registration, they blessed me all over again because I taught that writing conference myself for two weeks straight. I taught on, I taught on, I taught on how for those us of us in ministry or those of us that are called to like this mission of spreading the gospel, if we're called to write, writing is not just a hobby for us. It's a literal calling. We're, uh, we're, we, we're, we're called to share our testimony. We're called to share the things the Lord has brought us through. And I said, it's a holy calling. So that was a beautiful class that I taught, the holy call of writing, saying, you know, it's a very holy call. I taught that. I taught another class on faith and fiction, because even in the Bible, you see Jesus use parables, which are fictional stories to related truths of the kingdom. So I taught all those classes for two weeks straight. 
So of course, people blessed me twice, you know, for the registration, but then because they were just so blessed by me teaching all of this, that I had more than enough to publish, like, you know, because I wanted to work with somebody with an independent Black-owned publisher. So I was able to do that. And of course, that's when I felt like, okay, I'm going to take these devotionals I've been doing for the last year. I'm also going to pull out some of my old sermons growing up because nobody, a lot of people haven't heard these before. And I'm just going to comprise them together. And there you go. So what? Oh, Go ahead, Sha. No, go ahead, Ms. Ethan, because I was going to have a question. I, I um like I just love the the chapters. You have destiny defined as the introduction, Def, destiny epistle, destiny prayers, destiny declarations, destiny devotionals, and then DeSousa's destiny sermon collection, um, destiny declarations and destiny devotions. I like I got a couple of like I got stuff in the book. <laughs> That's how you know it's a good book. Because <laughs> I got to go back. Sometimes mm, you have to wow. go back. And, and also, in the time, in, in 2020, this book is timely. Because in 2020, a lot of people were losing faith. They're losing their, their faith in themselves and their overall faith, right? Um, and, and becoming so yeah. dependent on their jobs. They, they have become so dependent on their jobs that when they could no longer go physically to their jobs, they didn't know what to do. And then on the other hand, on the other side of it, so many people thrived because of the, they had time to reflect on what they really want to do. And, and there's so many uh, influencers out now and, and people um, on all, all kinds of social media things. And it's inspirational, but this book, Man, I, I have to. I can't say enough that people need to get this. <laughs> and and this is the thing. It is for. It is a spiritual inspiration. Yes, there are scriptures in here, and and and, and Joshua is a is a minister. It is a ministry, but um, you it, it doesn't mean you have to belong to a church or or you know it it'll help right. you get your faith and your and your meditation and prayer life together. Sha, were you going to say something? Yes. And one of my favorite um, sections of the book is the season of the swallower. Ooh. Can you talk to us a little bit about that portion? You know, that's my favorite part. <laughs> um, Ooh, the preacher might come out. Okay. All right. I'm going to say okay. it as long as possible. We in the right spot. One of my favorite scriptures is the story of Moses. You know, when God when God encounters Moses in the desert and, you know, most, God tells Moses, uh, put your staff on the ground. And the staff became a snake. And God told him, okay, pick up the snake again. And of course, Moses didn't have time to be afraid because if he was afraid, that snake might have bit him. But he had to grab the snake by its tail. And of course, it turned back into a staff because I said in that part of the book that God was telling Moses he was preparing him to walk in miracles. He's preparing him to walk in the supernatural. And you can't walk into the things of God with fear. You can't even walk into your destiny with fear. I love, there's another devotional entry that I love where I said about um, 
not walking in fear. I said about courage, or it's like the best part about courage is courage isn't doing something without fear. Courage is doing something in spite of how you feel. And Moses had to learn that there. And then we see later on when Moses was asking Pharaoh, well, demanding him, let my people go. Pharaoh said, no, nah, oh, you got... Oh, he got this powerful staff. Oh, that's cute. So he put his staff on the ground, became a snake. Pharaoh said, oh, that's cute. My my people can do that too. So, you know, three of his people put their sticks on the ground and they became snakes. But as we see, Moses's one staff slash snake swallowed off three, not one but all three of the snakes that rose up against him, just like how you can have one powerful purpose and three, whether it's three or 30 or 300 different things will start to come and slither their way into your life to try and distract you from where you're going, from where God's supposed to take you. But no matter what, when you're fully in God's purpose and on your path to the destiny, that he has prepared for you his power his glory his love and his love that causes him to have righteous anger to the things that the enemy will try to put in your way it will literally just plow through and swallow and obliterate and disintegrate everything that's trying to stand in your way every snake every poisonous thing poisonous place poisonous person i'm gonna be honest poisonous church that tries to get in your way of what god is trying to do in your life and of course that was prophetic because first it was the snake that got swallowed and then we see later on when pharaoh couldn't make up his mind and he sent people to try to chase them on their way out they should have took the snakes as a warning, but the army did it. So now instead of the snake swallowing other snakes, God allowed the Red Sea to swallow the Pharaoh's army. And I said, when I said what God is doing in our lives is he's literally about to swallow those things that have been slithering in our lives that don't belong. They're slithering, trying to bite us, trying to poison us, trying to contaminate us. Even the things in our own minds and souls that try to contaminate us. And he's getting ready. He already is to just swallow and get rid of it and wash it away and drown it out, literally drown out the noises that tells us we can't do this, we can't be that. It's never been done before. And God is saying, the only reason it's never been done before is because you were doing it without me. But the second you do it with me, anything that's impossible automatically is going to become possible. So, yeah, that's a bit about what the season of the swallower is about. I just love it. And also, like, you got, like, uh, there's so many. There, get away from all the noise. That could be without outside and inside. Because there are, like, there, we, we look sometimes when, we, when when people are looking to achieve something or they have something on their spirit to do. And it is their calling to do. Then they start talking to, and as we just, I, I might be repeating what we just talked about, but what people, all those voices outside are saying. And then, and then when we really get alone and 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 try to re try to gird ourselves up and and get it, then there's those voices are in our inside, in our head. And then we got a voice saying, no, 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 you can't do it. And we know good 
like you say, the, the Lord is telling us to do it. Um, another one, like, and what we need right now after 2020, what people thought was going, something was going to click after like midnight 2020, 2021 come in. Everybody thought something was going to click. And it ain't click. Oh, I see what you and, and last week, the mess that happened in the government last week just showed us that some things may be worse, right? And so you got a new song for a new season. What? Come on now. A new song for a new season? A new scent for a new season? You got to make that new season. Talk a little bit about that. Ooh, oh my god, those are so good. I'm glad I I'm glad I ended the devotional with those. That was amazing. Yeah, new new song for a new season. I think long story short, I basically said because like the scripture for that one, there's a scripture in Psalms that says, Sing to the Lord a new song. Because we've been singing the same old song over and over again about oh my God, I can't do this. I can't do that. My life is a mess. My life is tragic, but the Lord's giving us the ingredients to create a whole new song. He's given us, or I think, I think I wrote, if I say, I think I wrote something in that devotional about something about you need to get yourself some noise canceling headphones. So that <laughs> way, like you said, so that you drown out all the noise because of course, as we see 2020 was loud, 2021 is already getting louder these last few days where, you know, as we wait, as we wait for this big old uh, Pharaoh Nebuchadnezzar to finally get out of, to finally get out of the office, you know, but that those noise canceling headphones are saying, you know what, even though things around us, even in the world are going crazy, I don't care who's in the White House, I don't care what my family said, I don't care what this bank account looks like right now. I got a job to do. I got to focus. I got to write. I got to preach. I got to teach. I got to start this business. I got to be a light of hope for so many people. And I can't let what's going on around me stop me. I, I hear the rhythm of my destiny and I just got to follow through with it. So, man. Oh, and, and then the day starts in the dark. Come on now. Mm -hmm. Before that sun rises, mm -hmm. it's actually the darkest part of the day, right? The right before dawn is the darkest part. The sun is shining bright in midday, so you got to you got to get through that. <laughs> Come on now, somebody, right. whole bunch of somebody has begun. Josh, yep, once it has begun. Even when though. Huh? Go ahead. Go ahead, Josh. What did she say? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, a new day starts in the dark because, yes, even though it's still dark outside, even 12 midnight is a new day. And clearly 2021, it's still dark. We're still in COVID. We still got this. We still got this person over there. <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> It's still dark outside, but the day, it's still a new day. And of course, it's going to take a minute for the sun to rise up, but I can still celebrate because it's still my new season, you know. Just, I always tell myself about, like, even with plants, even before 
I see the flower or a tree, I can start rejoicing the minute I see the green pop out of the ground because that's already proved because a lot of seeds don't even make it to the top of the ground. So I've decided that even before I see things in my life, you like, you know, things like, you know, book sales and stuff like that, you know, before I see that really take off, I can just rejoice in the green. I can rejoice in the buds that people are being extremely encouraged by this because I'm reminded in the Bible, Jesus concentrated all of himself into just 12 people. And already in between this book, it's already 140 people. And I said, I don't know what beautiful, powerful, ginormous things are going to be birthed in those so far 140 people that are reading this already. And whatever happens to them after they're done reading this, that's going to feel beautiful because to some degree, I'm not saying myself, but to a degree, myself but more so the god in me is kind of now responsible for them whatever is about to whatever they're about to endeavor because of the tools that i provided for them in that book which i'm so grateful for being for god downloading it through me through the things that he allowed me to go through the things that he kept me through so yeah you know that's why i can celebrate now even before things get fully better I can still celebrate because just the fact that I'm seeing evidence, you know, the same way you see a bud as evidence, the same way a mother has her belly growing as evidence, I can literally, I can literally rejoice even just in the evidence that of my new season. I love it. I'm just, this is just everything because as a personal testament, this book has done so much for me, even the 10 day devotionals that were coming out, I was getting those and, we use, I used to print them back in the day. We used to make our own booklets, and now we've made it to books. But it's everything that you write. It's it's genuine. It's real. You can feel it through the pages. Whether someone could be religious or spiritual or just you know getting those inclinations into kind of stepping into the divine. Can you read for us a little piece from your book? Maybe one or two that speak to you or that you want the people to hear. Okay, uh, it's so I uh, just like how Miss Eve was saying it's so many good ones. Yeah, <laughs> I, my right. mommy crack up because I'll be like, man, be good writer, but if I say so much, <laughs> <laughs> um, here's one I think which is appropriate. Uh, because the first three devotionals were believe in God, believe in His prophets, but then the third one was of course believe in yourself. So I guess I could read that one. And over here, I says when God, I say when God speaks, He knows through. When God speaks, He knows what we are capable of accomplishing through Him, even when we are not aware of our untapped potential. The Lord never just speaks to our present reality, but to the fully realized identity in Christ that we have yet to obtain. Since intercessors, ministers, and prophets carry the heart of God they too may have a strong unwavering belief in the very things that the Lord led them to speak over your life. But God may believe in you and his prophets may believe in you, but many of those prophecies and visions can be hindered or canceled until and unless you believe in yourself. Because when God speaks, it is not for you to always be completely immobile and stagnant. More times than not, his word will require divine risk of faith on your part. 
and you may start off uncertain and doubtful, but as you continue to walk out the word that has been spoken over your life, your faith and confidence should increase. God is not a liar, but you can still be a victim of lying to yourself and talking yourself out of victory. So may the Lord continue to open your eyes and show you how much of an investment you are to him. Period. Facts. Amen. <laughs> okay. Hallelujah. Now, I want to I want to read one of my <laughs> favorite ones is embrace the fire. Like, don't be a punk. <laughs> embrace that fire. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but uh, it's based on uh, uh, Job 23.10. But he knows where I'm going. And when he tests me, I will come out pure as gold. Because people get in those tests. They get in the fire. And they, they're like, oh, no. And you don't know. There's like a rainbow at the end of that. It's going to be some rain coming down. And the, I'll just read the last paragraph. Whether you are new to the fire or have history with fire in the process of your faith journey, your golden season can only come when you choose not to give up on God. No matter how you feel, if you embrace the fire, you will be able to embrace the favor that comes with your newly found glory, which is produced by the fire of faith. I there, there are times when um, when people are going through stuff and they're go, they're so busy wallowing right there in it. They don't say, "Okay, what's the lesson in this for me?" Thank, please show me the lesson. And that's what you. That's how I interpret this. Show me what what I'm supposed to learn. That when you're in the fire, when you're having an issue, when you're having a problem, when because people are going through all kinds of stuff right now, and loneliness and and uh, abandonment, all that, and 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 that's fire. And how we got to think of solutions to get ourselves through collectively, and have the faith, and oh my God, and ask Him. <laughs> that's my interpretation. Somebody may have a different interpretation. They got to get the book. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and it's it's great that you bring up the fire because I think when people hear fire, they get scared, right? But for folks who know the three Hebrew boys got in the fire because they was like, we're not doing it. We're down for Jesus and that's all and that's it. But when you're in the fire, they saw another person walking around with them. It's like, who's in that? Jesus was in the fire with them. So God's not going to send you into no fire by yourself he's not trying to set you up for failure and i believe that you're encouraging folks to embrace it and not be scared of it and to fully believe in yourself people here believe in yourself all the time it sounds cliche but it really is factual you have to be your best advocate if you don't believe in yourself who's going to that first step of intention and you saying it out loud from the mouth speaks life and death and that's a fizzle fact because once you say it, it's real it's just, oh, Josh, you got to get the book. We tell y'all to get the book all the time because you should be buying the books that we have up here and check out the writers and authors. But for real, you got $20. <laughs> Josh, <laughs> $5 if you want to ship to you. Too. But, 
and and we want to uh we want to connect you and your publisher whoever has the book we got to connect with our people at people get ready books here in new haven our sisters uh lauren anderson and dolores williams um have a wonderful bookstore for that have books of people of color only <laughs> And this would be a great, great addition to their their bookstore. Down, Josh. One of your many things that you do is ghostwriting, and I want you wow. to talk to a little bit about that because we want to make sure here on the Lit, Realm City Lit that we highlight the mm -hmm. different opportunities that is in writing and in publishing. So, can you give us a little insight about what ghostwriting is, what that entails, and you don't have to say what it pays, but let people know that, you know, it ain't free. <laughs> and it definitely, uh-uh-uh, because -uh, especially you want me to stay secret. <laughs> yeah, the ghostwriting is secret. To secretly help somebody write their book, you know. Sometimes you're writing some of it, sometimes you're actually writing all, all of it, and of course, it's right. It's only right to demand the pretty pen work, especially for frequent clients. It's cool when you can set a flat up certain rate, like, you know, several. Yeah, honestly, depending on the sizes of the book, if they're small books, dollars per book, if they're bigger books, several thousand dollars per book, you know, stuff like that, because your goal as a ghostwriter, even if you're not publicly being acknowledge of course and more times than not you don't want to be acknowledged that's okay that's part of the deal you're not being acknowledged however when i tell you the private referrals then private referrals because that's why it's exploding now because it was beautiful i didn't even know i was gonna be a that just happened um last year a friend of mine called me a pre-friend called me she said they said she said they had a dream about me this this woman because i have so many clients right now i have at least 10 so the this particular woman told me um i had a dream about you for months and god told me to ask you she didn't say god was going to help me right but he said god to that at least ask you would you be willing to help me write my book that i've been trying to write for four years i'm like uh maybe um, I don't know because I, I don't even got my own book. I don't know what you're talking about. But it's like it's helping these people write their books, help me get that energy to start writing mine. It helped me get the wheels turning. And I learned something new that I didn't know I was capable of. And it just changed my life because after I accepted their assignment, people started coming left and right asking me for this same thing like all of my clients currently i'm not just limited to that but currently all of my clients all been preachers and pastors and that's why it's a full circle test like i said you know when i was crying not not literally crying but you know complaining about i wasn't getting an opportunity but i'm like to me the opportunities to ghostwrite for pastors was more important than being invited to their church because that's a whole different level because this is a permanent thing. People won't remember a lot of 
sermons that passage, but they will remember a book because of this permanent, a book is in fleeting. So for my words, secretly to be on the pages of things. And that's the best part. I said, some of y'all are probably going to read the books and you will never even know that I would, which is totally okay because that's the humbling part about a, about being a ghostwriter. You know, you go going in knowing that you're about to put in all this work and that you're not going to get credit for it by because your heart, especially for me as a, as a ghostwriter, your heart is it's not about me. It's about, I want this message. I want this inspiration. Oh boy. Oh no. We lost him. Let me send him a message. That's okay. Cause we can, um, too powerful. The internet couldn't take it. <laughs> trying to stop us. I know. And maybe the device he was on, um, died. It was it might not have been plugged plugged in. Um, but there's not okay. enough. Oh, okay. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. But basically that's how ghostwriting works. <laughs> it's, you know, it's a beautiful, it's a humbling experience. And seeing a look on my clients' faces when I read them a chapter a week or when I show them a chapter weekly of what I'm coming up with and just Sometimes they're literally crying, like, and it just it just feels good. It's like it, it just feels so fulfilling. Like this is my purpose, and the fact that I'm probably going to be doing this the rest of life. You know, I'm probably going to have a hundred books myself, but I'll probably have a thousand books that I've written. So, like, you know, by the time I help a lot of other people, and it was so cool because Do Drops of Destiny and the other book, those were written while I was writing for other people. So, but like we said. If I was working, I would have not had the time to do any of it. So it, it's truly amazing. Do you get royalties from it? Or does that depend on each contract that, you know, you get from depends, the person? It depends on the contract. It depends on the type of influence each particular individual has. I mean, of course, you know, that's why we demand. That's why most ghostwriters demand quite a bit of money from the get-go you know we demand quite a bit of money and we know that most of it is coming from private referrals you know that if anybody else when other people ask them for help or they need like somebody that can help them because the majority of clients i have now is because i was all privately referred to from previous clients and things like that so it's almost like how do i work this i don't know how to word it but it's like but that's basically how how it works or you know you're definitely for for smaller projects with people you know i just want to do something real quick and stuff like that yeah you know it might be a one-time thing but i know for people that have much more income coming in of course you definitely can end up making quite a bit of money from them because which is part of the contract like you know you pay me a certain price up front and then of course agree to once well you know once the book is out get you know making sure that you know you are getting something out of it especially if they if you help them stuff like that but of course you know it is definitely amazing. I said the private referrals are just opening some major doors and i'm writing for people i never imagined i would be writing for and the cool part is not all the case but mo but it's so beautiful me being a writer these people just out of the kindness of their heart now they're even helping me promote my stuff 
And that's perfect for me. It's like, even if nobody knows that I'm helping you write the fact that now you're using your level of platform and influence to now share what I do, you know, especially with my books, it is literally almost like a win-win every single time. Now we have about roughly 12, 10 minutes left. Talk to us a little bit about- Yeah, I know my eye covered like five minutes. <laughs> Tell to us a little bit about night, <laughs> and also okay. show the people um, what it looks on. like. All right, uh, one second. Okay, I am so sorry. This, this, this is the first. Even though Do Drops the Destiny is the first book I came out with, the Kairos Night is the first book idea I ever had. So I don't know if you can see this a little bit. It's freezing a little, but it's okay. very hard to tell. But okay. the picture is um the picture of this book is um it's about long story short, the Kairos Night is a story about uh basically it's a story about a young kid from New Jersey who's an orphan, but you know, he's similar to me. I'm not an orphan in real life, but I mean, but the similar part about, you know, he he has a call to ministry. He's a believer. He's a Christian. You know, he does all this ministry. But of course, as he's doing ministry, um, uh, some crazy stuff start happening to him where he just notices that he has all these crazy, wicked, you know, uh, not, like good wicked, like, you know, got these like powers and abilities and all of that. And of course, he's not satisfied, just like with me, where, you know, all I wanted was the pulpit. And at first, all the kids wanted was the pulpit. But as soon as like, I'm not satisfied, there's more for me to do out here. God is calling me to more. And that's what it was about, you know, so this young, amazing black preacher with superpowers, combining my two favorite worlds of, you know, superheroes and comic books, but also with, with Christianity and the church. Like I said, if you love shows like, if you love movies and shows, of course, like Black Panther, uh, uh, Spider-Man, of course, when we say, when we when I say Spider-Man, I'm not talking about Peter Parker. I love Peter Parker. Every time I say Spider-Man, I'm talking about Miles Morales. If you ever saw that movie, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, so if you love shows like Spider, like Miles Morales, Black Panther, Black Lightning, Luke Cage, but you also love shows like Green Leaf and saints and sinners the kairos night is a perfect like mixture of those two types of content combining you know superheroes and even like like some of the i want to say the tr the drama and even the trauma that a lot of people in the black church has faced especially those in ministry because a lot of people think that ministry is glamorous and pretty but it's not so i was able to put a lot of my personal ministry experiences on the last 10 years i was able to put it in the story it was a safe therapeutic way for me to testify about my journey without putting people's names on paper i was able to put a lot of things on a on a, on people in the book that, that several people did to me i was able to put it on one person have that one person do everything to the kid so that way I'm like, you all know who I'm talking about, but people will be able to identify with it. And it's really cool because it's just a very powerful story, you know, of this young kid, you know, who 
you know, he's 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 a he's an inspiration both in the church and he's an inspiration as a superhero. And I just believe this thing is going to be so powerful and it's just going to touch so many lives. You know, I'm going to be writing a book in that I'm going to be writing a book in that series every year, at least for the foreseeable decade. So it's going to be exciting. There's at least eight to ten books coming out for this series. So but I'm just so proud of this first book you know this first entry it just was i probably read it like 500 times already i'm not even lying like that's just how good the story is so i'm just so excited to share that piece of me in the world to combine my two favorite roles because if nothing else who doesn't love black superheroes because most of our super well before black panthers are superheroes are black superheroes or sidekicks so it's gonna especially after I, I tell you all this I said I felt like when I felt like when God rest his soul I felt like when I felt like when our Black Panther passed away and went home to be with the Lord I felt like that just gave me that extra push to finally get this book done because like because now we need more we need more black heroes that we can look up to not just not just an imaginatory, no, that's not a word, I just made it up, but not just imaginative, but we need more real life, like young black people that we can look up to. And I said, Lord, I would, I pray that you would allow me to be, I'm saying it boldly now, so I'll even pray that you will, allow, you know, allow me to use things like this to make me like, you know, the black, the black Christian Stanley, if that was even ever a thing, you know, that, you know, this book would just be a source of hope for so many many for young people especially all the things that i deal with in the book so i'm just extremely proud of that project as well i'm excited i think that as we like we've stepped into graphic novels as well on the lit fest because a lot of people think that black people aren't into graphic novel graphic novels or comics or a comic con or that we don't do cosplay we sure enough do it and we look oh we the main one there <laughs> Exactly. And we look just as fabulous doing that as well. So I, it's good that you are doing this because it shines that light too. That And you can be a Christian or a believer and still have these things. That they're superheroes for you as well. We have roughly about six minutes left. What is something you would like to leave with the people? Out of all your experiences and things that you've written, what? how would you like to end this? We've And mention um, your website. So, okay. Um, uh, my, uh, that's uh, basically for me, like, well, as you know, both books are available on Amazon. You can type in my name or the book title, Do Drops of Destiny, is available on paperback and Kindle. Um, the Kairos Night is also available in paperback and Kindle. Like I said, it's a beautiful black and orange book. You can't miss it. That's why I have orange on tonight because orange is my favorite color in the world. It always will be. It gets on my mom's nerves, but I don't care. <laughs> but yeah, so that. And then, of course, you can follow me on all my names everywhere. It's Joshua D'Souza. I have the Linktree link where you can order a signed copy of the books directly from me. So that's link dot that's linktr.ee 
slash Joshua the scribe because that's my Instagram name to Joshua the scribe because scribe isn't for a writer so yeah those have that's where you can order signed copies directly from me where you or you can even email me as well you can email me as well um at um desusa declares at gmail.com so that's my last name d-e-s-o-u-s-a declare it's like the word declaration at gmail but if you can reach out to me on social media if you want to order a signed copy directly from me or if you want to go on amazon and get it both would be greatly appreciated you know especially i'm just so excited because i'm so close to 200 books as well so now I'm, I'm looking forward to reaching that milestone but yep so that's how you can reach me and of course also like we said if you are out there and you need help writing your book let me know, like I said, because, you know, I'm a ghostwriter. Like I said, I do writing conferences. I do personal writing, coaching, all of that. So if you need for any of those services, just find me on any of those social media outlets, and I'll be more than happy to help you out. Love it. Now, Josh, can you, can you pray us out as we set our intention for this year as a lit fest and yep. we end our first episode of the year? rooted in faith and folks stepping yep. into your destiny inspiration mm -hmm. yes so lord we just thank you for this time i thank you for just helping us trust you on a level we didn't know we can trust you i just pray that you open our eyes to everything you're calling us to do i just thank you every dream is being resurrected in the name of jesus that all the desires of our heart are aligning with you and i just pray that this conversation opens people's hearts let them know that it's not too late that you have such a beautiful plan and purpose for their lives so i thank you that you're reminding us that it's not too late yes even in this pandemic on all the unrest all the uncertainties you are still in control and you are still giving us the tools needed to work out our divine purpose so god we just thank you for blessing this platform and increasing this platform and I just thank you for just using this as a space for people like myself and many others to get what they need to even just get the exposure that they need, but also just for us as writers, you know, to come together and build each other up in the need. So I am truly grateful for what they're doing, their great work that they're doing. So we just thank you for blessing them and keeping them and for every person. I pray that I said something tonight that has encouraged people in ways they never imagined that they feel more inclined to embrace the purpose they have for them and that they realize no matter what they've been through it is not too late so i just thank you for all these things in jesus name amen amen, amen. thank you so much josh for your presence on the elm city lit podcast we are grateful we wanted to go into this new year and, and faith, inspiration, reaffirming people's faith, recharging, rejuvenating, and, and inspiration. So we hope that from this show, someone got it and everybody like get out there, order the book, order the book. I'm telling you, you'll be having a whole bunch of little pieces of paper in it like I do. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank everyone for tuning in this evening to Elm City Lit Podcast. We will see you in two weeks. Thank you.
Thank you so much for having me.